0: Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe
1: to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a TVO podcast.
0: Welcome to OnDocs, a podcast about documentaries and the stories they tell. I'm Colin Ellis. And I'm Nam
1: Kiwanuka. Today, we're talking about the Tinder Swindler, the new Netflix documentary about a con man who swindled millions of dollars from unsuspecting
0: women over the internet. And since March is Fraud Prevention Month, we also have an interview with Sue Labine from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. We talk about the scam perpetuated in the film, how common this type of fraud is in Canada, and how Canadians should protect themselves from becoming a victim. But first, Nam and I are going to be talking about the Tinder Swindler. Spoiler warnings in advance. Here's a clip.
2: When I first talked with Simon, immediately we had a bond.
1: He was smart and funny and very impulsive.
2: I shared my whole heart with him. And then he asked me if I wanted to travel with him on a private jet. I was like, shit. He took me to a five-star hotel. He said we had a special connection. It felt like stepping into a movie, and then the middle of the night. He said there was something he wants to tell me. He said he has threats against him. He needs our cash. $20,000. $30,000. $140,000. His life depended on me. That's when police tell me. The man I love was never real. Everything's a lie.
0: So the film features three women who meet Israeli con artist Simon Leviev on this the dating app Tinder and his scheme was to basically meet women on Tinder and and while dating them he'd lavish love and gifts on them, and he convinced them that he was the son of an Israeli billionaire, and basically showed him a good time. But then, uh, one of the women in the film, her name's Cecilia, she's from Norway. So she meets uh, Simon on Tinder. He takes her on a plane ride for their first date, and they have this relationship, and he wants her to, to move in with him. And pretty soon, he starts asking her for money. Uh, he tells her that he's working in the diamond industry and that it's very dangerous. He even sends her video of uh, her his bodyguard who, uh, I guess he was injured or something like that, and uh, makes it look like he was assaulted, so just to make his point. And so she's obviously convinced that he's uh, in real danger, and so she starts sending him money. He promises to pay her back, uh, he gives them checks, but then they later bounce, and that's just one woman. There's other women in the film. He said this to multiple people, but uh, the film really focuses on uh, three women in particular. And he's obviously been lying about his, his life. He's not the son of an Israeli billionaire. He was actually a wanted man in a bunch of countries for fraud and theft and that sort of thing. And eventually he's caught and convicted in Israel for fraud and theft and serves a pretty light sentence. And now he's out and pretty much living the good life still. <laughs> living this oh, sort of pretend God. lifestyle. But the women the, the women in the film are, are still uh, paying out their debts. Uh, Nam, what did you think oh, of the film?
1: How, listen, that part of the documentary, I wanted to throw everything at my television set. Um, (laughs) He swindled uh, uh, almost, what, $10 million from these women. And by the end of the documentary, he does, I think he did maybe five months in prison. Yeah, Comes out, you would think that, you know, he's learned his lesson, he's gonna be um, a nicer guy. No, 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 no. Uh, He goes right back to the whole flaunting the lifestyle, fancy cars, watches, beautiful women, puts it on uh, Instagram, on social media. And I kept thinking, wow, if I'm one of these women that he dated and you said the women sent him money, Cecilia, she took out, a loan. She took out multiple loans, and I think by the end she had taken out a quarter of a million dollars.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: he was really clever in this manipulation. Um, someone in the documentary called it an emotional con. The first time she meets uh, Simon, they go to have a coffee. The date goes really well, and then a couple of hours later, he says, "You know, why don't you travel with me to Bulgaria? I think on my private plane." This is where all my, like, my antennas went up, right? When he invited her to go on this private plane with his child, his two-month-old baby, and his ex was also there, I was just kind of like, who meets somebody the same day, maybe a few hours, you've known them for a day, and then you want to introduce them to your family? Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. And, you know, you know who I blame for this whole thing, Colin? I blame Disney. Because <laughs> I really do. Wait, wait what does Disney do? Disney because there's this idea, especially with the first woman, Cecilia, she is gorgeous. She's got her stuff together. She's on Tinder dating and she looks like she's having like, you know, a great life. But then there's this idea for her that she wants to find her happily ever after. And this guy comes in, he's... I mean, he's not my taste. He's not my kind of dude. Um, But he comes in, and because he just kind of... I think the thing that Simon does really well, and I think uh, scam artists do really well, they're able to read people. They're able to read what people are missing and need, and then they fill in those blanks. Mm -hmm. I think he was able to read her quite quickly that she was looking for this type of relationship, and he filled in those blanks. And the other woman too, Pranilla, that he ends up meeting, they end up having a platonic relationship, but eventually he also convinces her To give him money and she ends up in the same mess as cecilia so you know i blame disney it's this it kind of makes me upset that people were blaming the women i don't know do you blame the women for this or is he the guy is he the person responsible
0: um, well, actually, I want to pick up on something you said before about how it was. Uh, he has a platonic relationship with this woman, Pernilla. It, it wasn't just women that he was dating, it was also women that he became friends with. Because he was actually dating another woman at the time that he was also friends with Pernilla. So it wasn't all just romantic relationships that he was doing this, it was also friendships. Um, I don't blame Disney personally, <laughs> but... Um, I think that... I think to uh, some... Oh what do you know? But, you know, the, the people who are blaming the women, you know, I think... I don't, I don't blame the women. I think that, you know, it's easy to fall for someone, uh, especially if they're handsome, and if they are showing you a good time. I think anyone can be swept up in that. Uh, I don't know how many, you know, first dates you've been on that you just felt like this is the one, but that, that's happened to me before. So, I think anyone can kind of, you know, be swayed by this. I think there were a few red flags for me that showed up in the film, certainly when he asked any of these women for a lot of money, like especially a large sum of money. Now, he's a billionaire. Why would he be asking them for money? (laughs) That would be for me, I guess, a red flag. But I guess my question would be, you know, just to what extent were they they too naive to believe in his uh, deception, I guess?
1: I don't know. That kind of puts the onus on the women, right? Hmm. It's saying that it's their fault that this happened. I think when we, you know, you just said that you've had when you've, you've felt that way, like this person could be the one. When you're dating or even just in life, we're all looking to connect with people and we're looking for relationships. And I don't know if they were naive. I, I think that this guy, and we find out later in the documentary that he had been doing this since he was in his teens. He had been scamming. It's like he perfected the art of the scam by the time he met these women. And these women weren't, you know, they were intelligent women, they were educated. And Panilla at one point says, you know, she was just trying to help someone. She thought that her friend was in danger. She was trying to help him and she didn't want anyone to get hurt. So he manipulated them. It's not about naivete. I mean, I've been in relationships before with, with someone for like seven years and the person did the same thing uh, when I look now, because hindsight is twenty twenty, right? When I look back now, red flags everywhere, mm-hmm. right? But when you're in the moment of it and if you want to trust somebody and if that person is conning you and they know how to manipulate you and they've studied and they, the, 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 the burn of this whole scam was that he was able to convince the women to take out these loans in their own names. So it never tied back to him. That takes a certain, uh, amount of planning and manipulation. When he sent those pictures of the bodyguard being hurt, the blood, I don't know if you were my friend. And even if we just knew each other for a short time and you sent me a picture bloodied, I would be like, I need to help my friend. I need to help mm-hmm. this person. Um, you know, but, yeah, I just don't like the idea that it keeps getting turned around like it was the women's fault. And the women are the ones that are still paying for this person's um, actions. Mm-hmm. and he's out enjoying the world and everything's all good. Yeah, he might be banned from Tinder, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> he still seems to be like living a life. And one of the women described him as evil. And I I don't tend to look at things in black and white. But this person does not like other people. He's very, very selfish because the amount of money that he spent on dinners and clubbing and buying champagne for strangers, like Mm -hmm. he could have taken just a little bit of that money from these women, I don't know, bought a nice house somewhere in the countryside and retired and been happy. But for him, I think he gets kind of, he gets his jollies by hurting people, like showing what he's doing to people, hurting them, manipulating them. You mentioned that he was dating a, a model and Panilla and they had the platonic relationship. Well, during that time, it was Cecilia who was funding <laughs> those yes. trips and those relationships. And it was kind of like a, you know, what is it called? Like a pyramid scheme? Getting money from one woman. Yeah. And then paying for uh, the relationship with this other woman. Uh, it's just like total evil. Like it's, he's yeah. like a villain. He really is an ultimate villain. Yeah,
0: I definitely am not letting him off the hook. He is a bad guy, and he definitely deserves <laughs> his uh, just desserts. Actually, my one of my favorite parts of the film is one of the women he was dating, Eileen, was actually able to kind of get back at him in a way when she learns about his true identity in the news, and she basically I think she sold a bunch of his designer clothing and then wouldn't give him the money back, and he sent her these really awful <laughs> voice memos and was threatening her, and then he was apologetic. I actually like seeing that part uh, in the film, because I think every time you, know, you hear, hear these cases, you always want some uh, justice to be done, and I feel like that was probably the closest, other than going to jail, of course, that uh, he got. Um, What did you think of that?
1: Uh, I thought she was so incredibly brave and total badass. I don't know if I can say badass, but she was a total (laughs) badass Um, because she was dating him, I think, for almost two years and they were in love. And again, the same con with the other woman, Cecilia looking for a place to live. And then as she w- started to piece everything together after this article c- article comes out and she, <laughs> she read the article, she saw the article right when she was getting onto a plane and then she sent him a message, turns off, goes on airplane mode, goes on this plane and reads the article. Yeah. And she said, you know, that plane ride destroyed her life. This was a person like these are individuals. These these are people's lives that have been destroyed. Mm. So this guy can go to a club and show off and buy champagne and buy uh, like Gucci clothing and stay at five star hotels. One of the women at one point was considering uh, suicide and she um, she checked herself into a psychiatric ward. Hmm. These are people's lives. And um, Eileen was actually the one that was able to get him arrested because she played along that she wasn't upset. And then she kind of manipulated him and one of the voice notes, he sends, you know, I can teach you how to lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and she's like, so you saw him, you saw this personality, like when he doesn't get what he wants, he can become very violent and he threatened all of the women. Yeah. Um, and Eileen, you know, had more reason to be afraid because she had um, experienced violence and he knew about that. So again, the manipulation, right. He's using yeah. the information that they gave him in those most private moments, and he's using it against them. And I just feel like that's like the lowest common denominator. So one at the end of the documentary, I saw that women were still dating him, like beautiful women. I'm like, why do you not know what this person is about? But maybe they're doing it because he's famous, right? And by hanging out with him, and, you know, they're famous too. And it just kind of feels like, what kind of world do we live in where people will do anything for fame, right? Like, this is a horrible individual who's destroyed all of these lives. But you want to hang out with him and kiss him?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I I honestly... I uh, Something that I was thinking about at the end of the film was just how, yeah, he has sort of been able to go on with his life. He's, uh, I think, uh, actually, this is a... Uh, I just learned this last week. I think he's in Toronto this week. <laughs> appearing with... Actually, can you take a guess as to which uh, Toronto celebrity he might be appearing with?
2: Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong person. Who?
0: Chair girl, better known as Marcella Zoya. She, She's... Uh, he, he posted on his Instagram that he was appearing at a party uh, with her, and, uh, you know, his, it's a secret location, because he has the enemies. I always love he's referring to enemies, his enemies. Um, yeah, I mean this guy's basically been able to kind of move on with his life. These women, however, are, are sort of paying off their debts. I I I and I mean there's, you know, there's there's support for them. I think, you know, there's been a GoFundMe launched on their behalf and I think Cecilia started an like a campaign for victims of fraud. So I mean, I feel like there is perhaps some justice coming to- towards them. I think obviously this film has probably helped them a lot. But yeah, I mean t- it goes back to what you say, you know, that some people are just willing to look past whatever defects, you know, this this simon guy has and embrace him because he is a celebrity and um that's just our, our world unfortunately i think
1: <laughs> yeah i can't deal i can't deal i know that um hit the family because he, so he, because he pretended to be the son of this diamond mogul in israel that family is suing him so i'm hoping that maybe that can actually be the comeuppance that he uh gets because honestly you know, people make mistakes, you make a mistake, you learn from it. But I don't, I think in his mind, he's actually convinced himself that he didn't do anything wrong. And maybe like these women got what they wanted in exchange for time with him and he deserves that. If, if you wanna live that kind of lifestyle, why can't you just work for it? And also, I just don't understand the world. Like it's it seems the unfairness of it, yes these women were able to come together and they were able to kind of have a little bit of revenge because at one point he's actually considering getting a face surgery because now he can't, (laughs) you know, pull off his scams on whatever app he's on. But it's like, again, I go back to the fact that their lives are ruined, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of money, that amount of money in order for you to pay it off, it's... I just, I just don't. I, I, I think it's so unfair that I get. I don't know if it's laws that we have in the world uh, that don't take scams as, as, uh, as serious as other, or other, um, other horrible things that happen in society, or maybe we kind of blame the women. Maybe when it comes to enforcement, police kind of have. Well, you should have known better. Well, why are you taking a loan out for somebody else in your name? And why are you <laughs> lying? Like Cecilia had so much evidence. The other thing that I thought was so fascinating about this whole uh, documentary, if it hadn't happened in the age of social media, everything was documented on her phone, right? Mm-hmm. Their messages on WhatsApp, their Instagrams, their uh, the voice notes, all of this stuff. And all of that um, was able, she was able to use all that to give it to the journalists for them to have this paper trail, create this paper trail. So if it wasn't for that, um, I wonder if that we would even be talking about him. He might still just be able to do what he's doing. And I think there's so many more people involved. Like, I think he's hurt more people that we know of. And the guys around him too, didn't get into any jail time. Nothing. Yeah. You know, like the bodyguard who got hurt. I don't know, man. Ladies, well, keep your third eye watching. <sighs> <laughs> oh, I gotta see.
0: I think that's, that's a great place to leave it. And uh, now we're going to switch to my conversation with Sue Labine from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center. Stay with us. It's just the tip of the iceberg. We had one
2: chance to swindle the Dindler Swindler. You, you have the me. Give me
0: to pay for it. Well, Sue Bean, welcome to OnDocs.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So, I want to ask you first about the type of fraud perpetrated by Simon Levayev in the film "The Tinder Swindler." Um, what is there a name for this type of fraud that he's he's committing?
2: Yes, we we capture that uh, type of situation under our romance uh, scam pitch, and it is uh, the romance scam is one of the highest scams being reported as far as dollar losses for twenty twenty one. How much is it? Um, We received uh, 1,928 reports. Out of those reports, 1,365 people fell victim to the scam, with a dollar loss of 64.6 million.
0: 64.6 million. Yes. And this is the second highest, you said. It is. So, what kind of what what tools do they use? How do they typically, I guess, trap their uh, victims?
2: Well, they meet online. Usually, it's uh, through. I mean uh, social media. And then they come up with stories where they're you know they fall in love with them quite quickly. Or sometimes it could be that they're um, they, they do create a long-term relationship uh, depending on how successful they are to, to lure their, their potential victims. Um, so they, they'll gain their trust, they'll display affection, they'll sometimes uh, send flowers, tokens to prove that their feelings are genuine. With with the Tinder swindler, he did add a new twist to the romance scam where he actually met them in person. That is very rare. That does happen. So they'll start communicating by email, WhatsApp, uh, any channels outside of the. They'll uh, direct them to a different channel once they've uh, created that relationship outside of the dating website, and it's usually where they'll uh, go onto social network.
0: I found it interesting that you mentioned. You know, they use gifts, and, and I guess. Ways to, I guess, entice their their victims. I mean, something that Simon did was, uh, you know, he would he would say that he was in a really dangerous occupation, like the diamond industry, and he even showed video of a friend of his who had been beaten up. Uh, do you see a lot of that as well? Just kind of like that kind of emotional manipulation.
2: Absolutely, they they do that. That's their their main um, defense is to to play on people's emotions, and and they are they are needing help for something. There's always an emergency involved.
0: I wonder if you've ever spoken to someone a victim of fraud. Like I, I just wonder. Like you know, you see in this film, you know, the women. It was really devastating for them. Not only did because they lost their money, but because they really they lost someone they trusted as well. Do you ever? I don't know if you have any stories about people who've been victims of fraud. What it, what kind of toll it takes on them?
2: It is the the one of the hardest scams to uh, to to report. Because it like it's it's the emotional aspect of it that the fraudsters really do a lot of damage with, um, yeah. So so quite often um, it does happen that you know the person initially calls us to see is he really a scammer? They really want to believe in this fraudster. And that's where sometimes with the romance scam, it could take longer uh, on on the call to to really uh, provide the service that that victim is is needing. Um, So it gets to the point where you have to bring that person to realize, yes, you are dealing with a scammer. Stop communicating with that person and um, really quite often we'll do follow-up uh, with the victim to make sure that they're they haven't been brought back into the scam because they're they're professional scammers they could convince them again that you know we're wrong in, in what the, the information we're providing them and um, con them back into the sending more money and, and whatnot so yeah it is a, it is the most devastating scam that we, we do receive reports on one of the most devastating
0: and I guess what's like a way to avoid being taken advantage of in the first place?
2: It's really important that uh, when you're communicating with somebody online, uh, never to uh, give out personal information right away, or, or, you know, because with the romance scam, you do have a tendency to have to give some personal really um, information in order to develop a, uh, a relationship. But as soon as you see that that scammer is to, to gearing towards having you send the money, then cut off that relationship right away. It's uh, you should never send money to anybody you've never met.
0: I I can't imagine that everyone who hears about the victim of a, a romance scam like this has a lot of sympathy for the victims. I think some people might think, well, it's your own fault. You know, why did you fall for that person? You know, like I mean, I wonder if what, what you can say to people who think that it's the victim's fault?
2: Oh, uh, it, it's it's. Um, really it's nobody's it's not the victim's fault it's sometimes impossible to see that you're being in, conned into you know a scam uh, until it really affects your 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 pocket or you know you've it's it's they're, they're so good at what they do it's some almost impossible at times to see it until it's too late so no it's it's not uh, the victim's fault at all um. That's why we recommend that uh, people do look up uh, uh, and stay current on what the scams are in today's society.
0: What should a victim do when they get involved in a scam like this?
2: It's really important to report the the fraud. Um, So uh, the first thing to do is to contact your local police and um, also contact the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. So the information that is provided could link to an investigation. Also, um, it does help uh, prevent other people from falling victim to that uh, scam. We we recommend also to the victim to contact uh, the social media website where they've met the person so that they can cut, cut off their account and prevent them from reaching out to others.
0: Well, is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with?
2: Well, we would like to to note to state that there's few like less than five percent of victims report that they've been frauded, because for the most part they feel embarrassed or you know they 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 feel betrayed by that uh, scammer and um, it's it's hard to to really admit that you've fallen victim to that type of scam. So we really really stress the importance of
0: of reporting. Well, Lubin thank you so much for joining me today on OnDocs. Thanks for having me. And that's the podcast. You can catch the Tinder Swindler on Netflix.
1: While you're here, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about us. It helps new listeners to find the show.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at ColinLS81.
1: And you can follow me at Namshine, all one word.
0: Thanks to producer and editor Matthew Amara, senior producer Katie O'Connor, production support coordinators Nikki Ashworth and Jonathan Halliwell, and executive producer Laurie Few.
1: Thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next screening.